Hi everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is David Dodge from Discount Property Investor. Welcome, David. Hey, Rama. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Little bit about David. David is a full-time real estate professional with over 15 years of real estate expertise. In addition to working with Household Easy, he owns and operates a real estate property management firm out of St. Louis, Missouri. Mr. Dodge has been involved in over 500 real estate negotiations, purchases, and sales. He loves wholesaling properties for huge profits and love even more to teach these strategies to all of his students. So with that, David, do you want to add anything to your background? Oh, yeah, you know, just I've been in the game for about 18 years. I started when I was 20. In the first 10 years, I was just really passive, essentially buying about one property a year just to rent it out. I was a landlord. About seven years ago, give or take seven or eight, um, I went full-time into real estate and was just really focused on wholesaling and direct-to-seller marketing. And then about uh, maybe four years ago, um, I decided, you know what, just being a full-time wholesaler is just such a transactional treadmill. You know, you're, you're constantly chasing the next deal over and over. And it's, it's wholesaling is a good business, but it just, I wasn't fulfilled. So I, I kind of transitioned and pivoted into doing more buy and holds. And over the last four years, um, we've done about 200 Burr deals. The majority of those are single family homes, uh, but I really, really love the Burr method. And that's really my passion. That's what I've been focusing most of my time and energy on over the last couple of years. Got it. Share me a little bit about, you know, your initial experience, like, you know, wholesaling, wholesaling stuff, a process, some challenges you faced and some, you know, uh, advantages with wholesaling. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about wholesaling for a few here. That's a great idea. So if I were to, if, you know, backing up, I, I mentioned that the first 10 years as, you know, as an investor, I was very passive. And I like to kind of look back at that as and tell my students and, you know, anybody that's listening here, of course, too, that uh, I did it wrong for the first 10 years. And the reason I say that, yeah, I, at the end of 10 years, I think I had about 12 properties that I had owned, which isn't terrible. Like, let's be honest, that's not bad, but I was paying full retail for those properties. And, you know, as an investor, if you're paying full retail for a property, it's just going to be very slow. And you're going to have to typically put down about 20%, give or take, to get into that asset. So again, you know, wasn't terrible, but I kind of look back and say, you know, those first 10 years, I didn't do it the right way. And anybody that I would, you know, teach or mentor or coach nowadays, I would say, hey, don't do like Dave did for the first 10 years. Instead, learn how to buy properties at a discount. And you had mentioned, you know, one of my companies is called Discount Property Investor. I often refer to myself as David, the Discount Property Investor. And the reason is, is because, you know, now I know that paying retail for a property is, is not typically the best approach. You know, ideally you can do direct to seller marketing. You can avoid the MLS, you can avoid agents and brokers, and you can go direct to the seller and you can get properties at deep discounts. And that's, you know, to transition into the wholesaling conversation, 
that's really what makes wholesaling possible. I've heard, I've done a deal or two by buying a property off the MLS and then wholesaling it to another investor. But here's the thing, guys, it's very rare to be able to do that. And the spreads are going to typically be very thin. So just don't, don't, don't make that your main focus. Instead, what you want to do is you want to learn how to buy properties at deep discounts, ideally from direct to seller marketing efforts. And then from there, if you get a deep discount, you can easily turn around and, you know, wholesale that property, regardless if that means double closing or assigning or whatever. Uh, but it all, it all starts and ends with, you know, getting a good deal on a piece of property. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, yeah, after that, you focused on bar method. So would you share a little bit more about why you choose that method and, uh, you know, some, you know, best experiences or best practices and. Yeah. Are you, are you asking, are you referring to just the wholesaling side of things? No, no. Next like buy and hold method. Oh, buy and hold. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so wholesaling, it's a, it's a transactional treadmill. You're going to get on that treadmill and you're going to start running and hopefully you can get to the sprinting, you know, area there. And, but the problem is, is that once you close a deal, you're back to the drawing board, you're doing more marketing and, and you're just constantly chasing the next deal. So a couple of years back, I'd say about four years ago, I decided, you know what, I want to get paid every week or every month, regardless if I do a deal or not. So how do I do that? And the answer was to, you know, start buying and holding properties. And, you know, I love using the Burr method because it allows me to acquire an asset with little to no money out of pocket in the end. Um, so, you know, the best practices that I would say for, you know, buy and hold and or, you know, using the Burr method, which kind of go hand in hand would be number one, learn how to do direct to seller marketing. You know, I know there's a lot of big apartment investors, especially the syndicators, and they rely on the brokers. And that's, that's fine. That's, that's one way to do it. Uh, but personally, I like to market directly to the owners of the properties. And that could be a single family property. It could be, you know, a small multifamily. It could even be a large, big, massive multifamily. But, you know, direct seller marketing, market directly to the seller is going to be the best approach, in my opinion, because it's going to allow you to get the best deal on the property. So the reason I like the Burr method though, is again, I think I've mentioned this, but it allows me to acquire assets with very little to no money. So what does that look like? Well, we're gonna find properties at deep discounts. Like that's super, super important that you get a deep discount on a property or at least some discount. And next we're gonna go in and we're gonna rehab. So Burr is an acronym, it's B with four R's. The first, the first letter B stands for buy. And then there's four R's. So those R's stand for rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. And so what I'll do is I'll buy a property at a discount, often with other people's money, ideally with other people's money, borrow all the purchase, all the rehab, go out, find a discounted property, buy it. And then I'll rehab that property, which does a couple things. It's going to increase the value of the property. It's going to reduce any capital expenditures that you may have to have in the immediate future. And when I say immediate, I mean like, you know, three, five, seven years, somewhere like that range. But additionally, what it's going to do is it's going to allow you to increase the amount of rent that that asset is going to bring in. So we'll buy it at a discount, we'll rehab it, we'll go and then next we'll get it rented. We'll either do that ourselves, or we'll hire a property manager to do the leasing and, and get that asset rented. And then last but not least, we'll go to a bank or credit union um, and then we'll refinance. But the beautiful thing is, is if we buy the property at a, at a, at a good enough of a discount, Rama, we can refinance 100% of the purchase and the rehab out. 
So if we're borrowing all that money, we can pay back our private or hard money lender in full with interest and acquire that asset. And that may be a small, you know, that may be a single family home. It may be a small apartment complex. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but the Burr method is my favorite strategy in all of real estate. Got it. So how do you source these deals? That's a great question. So direct to seller marketing comes in lots of different shapes and sizes. Um, one of my favorite ways to do it is to drive for dollars if I'm if I'm looking to source deals locally. Reason being is, is when I'm out driving around looking for properties, I'm looking for distressed properties and I'm looking for properties that they need a bunch of work. Now, why would that matter? Well, it's gonna it's gonna allow me to get a good deal on it. I'm gonna be able to buy it at a discount, but it's also going to allow me to help the seller solve some problems. The problems that they may be facing, they may be the property, they may just be something else in the seller's, you know, in, in their life at the current time. So driving for dollars is definitely one of my favorites. And then there's some lots, lots and lots of other ways. You know, you can you can um, you can do direct mail, you can do cold call or cold text. You can um, do SEO on your website. You can buy leads from like Google or, you know, do some sort of pay-per-click marketing. You can run radio or television ads or get a billboard. I know some new investors that don't have a big budget, they may go place bandit signs. I mean, there's really an infinite amount of ways to market your business you just got to get off the couch and turn off the TV. That's the main thing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So would you share any of your you know, best practices, uh, best practices are, you know, best experiences from uh, Bird Method? Yeah. So the, the best, best practices would be to get pre-approved before you do anything. Because, you know, the last thing I want is for somebody to go borrow money from a hard money or private money lender go buy a property, go rehab that property with maybe more borrowed money or maybe their own money and then get it rented and then try to go get a bank loan to refinance and get disapproved or denied. So one of the main things that I always like to tell all my students is, hey, before you go do anything at all, you should definitely go get pre-approved and make sure that you're lendable. Because if you're not lendable, then you're going to get stuck. And I don't want anybody to get stuck. So go get pre-approved, I think is definitely one of the the main best practices. Uh, and then some more, you know, just kind of simple short ones would be um, buy at a discount. You know, you probably heard the saying before, maybe not, but hopefully you have, but you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. So, you know, in order to make the best money, you need to buy right. So, you know, don't pay retail for properties unless that's the game you're in. You know, sometimes that's all only way to do it, but ideally you can find off-market properties direct to seller that you're able to get a big discount on. And then um, one more just quick one here would be, um, you know, don't over rehab whenever you're buying properties to rent. You know, don't don't think that you need to go in and, and make these properties so nice that you're going to be able to move in and raise your family. You know, that's not the case. You need to, you know, set the rehab budget and expectations and, you know, goal to make the property nice, safe and clean. It doesn't have to be the Taj Mahal. So don't over rehab, just do, you know, what needs to be done and, and nothing more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, would you also share any of your challenging experience, either wholesale or bar method? Okay, so I would say, you know, some challenges out the gate is, is that a lot of people, they are uncertain with themselves. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have some confidence in this, in this business. You know, you gotta have thick skin. Um, whenever you start your marketing machine, you start doing direct to seller marketing, know that you're going to have to get a lot of marketing out the door to generate leads and not every lead's going to turn into a deal. So you got to have patience 
And you got to understand that follow-up is very, very important in this business. You know, let's say that you get 20 leads and you can do a deal from one of those 20 leads. Well, you know, the other 19 leads aren't just trash. Don't throw them away. Don't forget about them. You know, follow up with the sellers, follow up with, and assuming you're working with agents and brokers, that too, you know, follow up with these people. And, you know, ideally you can go convert two, three, four, five more of those 20 leads over the next six months, one year, or maybe even two or three years, right? Like if you are consistent with your follow-up, you will do a whole lot better. And let's see here, one more challenge. Let's let's pivot over to, you know, being a buy and hold investor and using the Burr method. Um, one challenge that, you know, we often see is that banks don't want to refinance too quickly with their, you know, pros- prospective borrower. And what they're going to often do is they're going to, you know, they're going to make you have what's called seasoning. They're going to make you season the property, which means they're going to want to see that you've owned the property for, let's just say, you know, as an example, four to six months, or in some cases, they want to see that it's been rented for like four to six months. And it could be less, it could be more, uh, but the seasoning can definitely be a challenge for people in the beginning, because if they're borrowing money at a super high rate, like 12 or 14 or 16%, and they can't get a bank refinance for six, seven, eight months, you know, that that can be a challenge. So what I what I would definitely recommend to all your, you know, your entire audience, all the listeners here today would be to, you know, go get pre-approved, like I had mentioned, um, but also ask the bank at the pre-approval, hey, what's the process look like? Um, you know, one of the things, one, one pro tip that I could share today would be to don't hide what your plans are with the bank. It's better to be transparent with them. It's better to tell them exactly what you plan to do. So as an example, when I meet a new banker, a new lender, I tell them, Hey, I'm Dave, you know, my company's discount property investor. We buy properties at a discount. We fix them up, we get them rented, and then we refinance. And our goal is to use none of our own money. So do you have a problem with that? And if they do, well, then that's not the lender for you. Additionally, say, okay, once I buy this property with with either my money or somebody else's money and I get it rehabbed and I get it rented and I come to you, are you gonna are you gonna require seasoning? Meaning am I gonna have to wait an additional six months or in some cases longer? Or are we gonna be able to jump, you know, right into the re to the refinance right away? So it's not necessarily a good or bad thing, it's just a challenge. So be aware of that in the beginning and know that banks may have seasoning and that's okay, but be prepared, right? You don't want to be caught off guard or, you know, caught, caught with your pants down, I guess would be another way to word that, right? But it's better to know in advance what you can prepare for. So you can, in fact, prepare for it. Got it. And thank you very much for sharing that. Absolutely. So you're currently focusing on multifamily space as well. So would you share any like multifamily experience? So, you know, the majority of what I've done over the last, you know, really 17, 18 years, the majority has been single family homes here in St. Louis, where I live and work. And I was born here, live here my whole life, essentially. Um, The single families, they're just easy. You know, we can put together a process and a system to just kind of churn these out. We're typically doing anywhere from, you know, five to 10 of them at a time. Um, But I've pivoted recently into doing some more and more smaller multifamilies. And I say smaller, like two, four, 10, maybe even up to 20. And right now I'm working on a 23 unit. But the great thing is, is you can use the Burr method on a single family home. You can use it on a 200 unit apartment complex. Essentially, you're just going to try to buy that property at a discount, hopefully, 
with other people's money. So you're going to borrow it from private or hard money. And then you're going to go in and you're going to do some renovations. Those renovations could be really light and cosmetic, or they could be gut. You know, it's just going to depend on the deal. Uh, and then you want to get that thing rented and get as much rent as you possibly can, which creates, which actually turns that property into an asset at that point. And then you're going to go and you're going to refinance that out. So it doesn't really matter if you're doing it with a single family or a small multifamily or a large multifamily. I'm in the process of kind of pivoting into more smaller multifamilies because it just makes sense for me. I don't really want to go buy another five or 600 single family houses like I have in the past. Um, I would rather focus on you know, doing less deals that are a little bit bigger, but there's pros and cons to each of those approaches, Rama. So of course, you know, do your due diligence before, before you jump in. Got it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Of course. Anyone advice that have impact on you, David? Um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, don't pay retail. And I know that there's, you know, some people that may be listening that their whole business is based on, is based on finding deals from brokers. And that's fine. You can still get a discount or a deal on a piece of property through a broker. You know, ideally you go directly to the seller. I'm not saying avoid the brokers. I'm not saying go around the brokers. Those are two things that I want to be very clear that I'm not saying, you know, what I am saying though, is buy it a deal. And the best way that I've found to do it and get a really good deal on a property is to go direct to the seller. So there's other ways, of course, to do it. But the best piece of advice that I can give anybody and everybody is this. You make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. So if you overpay on the buy, you're not going to get paid very much when you sell. But if you underpay when you buy, you will most of the time walk away with a nice chunk of change, meaning you're going to get a good a good payday. So to recap, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell, I think is probably the single best advice that I can give anybody and everybody in real estate investing. Awesome. Uh, any books that impacted your life and what way? Yeah. So my, you know, I've actually written a couple books. I've written The Ultimate Guide to Wholesaling Real Estate. I've written a book called The Burr Method, which again is my, my favorite real estate investing strategy. And it's what I focus the majority of my time on. So I would highly recommend my two books. You know, if we're talking about just, you know, an, an outsider third party book, um, let's see, what was one of the most recent books I've read? One of the more recent books I've read is, is called Essentialism. And it's, it's, it's actually, um, you know, a book about the pursuit of less. And I can tell you this, more isn't more in most cases, less is more. So, you know, one of the main lessons in that book, Rama, is a non-essential, a non-essentialism person thinks that everything is essential. And an essentialist knows that most things aren't essential and that there's only typically a couple things, maybe even only one thing that is important. So focus on that. It's very similar to the one thing. I'm sure you've heard of that book as well. They kind of go hand in hand together, uh, but I'd highly recommend those as well. Awesome. So uh, how are you giving back to community? How am I giving back to the community? Well, I'm giving back to the community in a ton of ways. Number one, I am turning really, really bad properties into nice properties. I'm going into to, 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 you know, neighborhoods and communities and I'm finding these diamonds in the rough that need a ton of work and I'm buying those properties and I'm turning those properties around, which is going to increase tax revenues for the community. It's also going to prevent crime in the community and it is making the property values in those neighborhoods increase. We often set new comp records and, and uh, you know, we, we love making properties that look bad and and they need a bunch of work, look good. So not only are we doing that, but we're also employing a lot of people along the way. We're employing general contractors to help us fix these properties. 
We're employing property managers and management companies to help us manage these properties. We're employing indirectly, um, you know, banks, bankers, lenders, underwriters to help get the loans. We're you know helping to contribute to the bottom line for a lot of a lot of companies in the process, like title companies and survey companies and um, insurance companies, and you know all of that. So you know a lot of people think that you know whenever a real estate transaction takes place, that it's just between the buyer and the seller, and that's so wrong. You know, there's often thirty or forty people that are going to be involved in one tiny, tiny, tiny transaction. They may not be involved directly right then and there at the day of closing but they're involved some way, shape or form in that process. So, you know, buying and fixing and flipping and wholesaling and, and buying rentals and using the Burr method, all of these things require a lot of other people. So we're helping to, you know, make sure that people are getting paid, but we're also, you know, making the community a better place to be. So lots of things. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you, David? Yeah, definitely, man. So, you know, I, I'm, again, my passion is, is buy and hold using the Burr method. And um, I have a, a program that helps mentor and coach people on how to do the Burr method, how to do it the right way and um, how to build a portfolio so they can create passive income. And, and that program is called Burr Method Mastery. B with three R's or four R's. It's it's really, you know, we, we, we have both of those, of course, but uh, BurrMethodMastery.com is a, a, is a domain that you could go check out, learn more about myself, learn more about Burr, as well as uh, connect with myself and or, you know, one of my team members. Awesome. And thank you very much, David. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for sharing your experience around wholesaling and Burr Methods. Thank you. I love it, man. Thank you so much for having me, Rama. It's been a pleasure and uh, hopefully I provided a ton of uh, value to your audience today. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.